Color Out of Space. Do you think this is a good movie? Um, I think it's an enjoyable movie to watch. Uh, I I don't know what good, like what you would define as good. Look at this. All those years in the big city, we finally got out. We're living the dream. Maybe it is a dream. light or actually i don't even know what color it was it wasn't like any color i'd ever seen before looks like a meteorite you mean it's radioactive i mean it's from space right meteorites are generally no more dangerous than ordinary rocks how can something that big just disappear did you plant those no ward you come here for a sec oh god what are you doing? Shh. He's talking to me. Who's talking to you? A man in the well. It's in the static, it's in the moisture. It's in here, it's out there. And what's out there is in here now. Everything's under control. Why are you so in denial? That thing from the meteorite changes everything around it. Can you believe me now? I don't know what I believe anymore. Like my biggest issue was character base, and what's not not really that big of an issue. Again, it's it's mostly that that I, I felt it was a little bit slow at times, and then it 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 just resolved itself very quickly. And the the issue I had with the character, but I I would recommend people to watch this. I I thought I thought it was visually interesting enough for you to not be bored by the story because the story is very simple. Uh, and also uh, Nicholas Cage with his odd performance of you know, half an accent uh, throughout the movie adds a little bit to it. And, and I feel like um, that's that's what he brings to movies now. You know, before, you, it was easy to just dismiss him and make fun of him, but now it's kind of interesting to see what weird thing he's going to bring to the character, so it's kind of worth watching it just for that. Uh, so that adds a little bit to the fact that I thought it was really visually interesting. So I would I would definitely recommend this for someone to watch. And, and I would be interested in, in a shared universe if you're going to continue doing things like this, where, you know, it's it's, it's uh, at least visually interesting. Yeah, this this was not one of my favorite movies to watch. I don't think it was terrible or atrocious. And as a matter of fact, I would gladly check out another Richard Stanley film that is based upon H.P. Lovecraft's material. I just don't know if this one really wet my appetite like I was hoping it would because I was, I, was, I, was, I was looking forward to this one. And I do think, you know, it's a strange complaint. It's not a complaint I would make often. As I said before, I think the downfall of this movie is the, the dedication to character development here. But it's the wrong kind of character development because, yeah. again, this is not in extraordinary interesting family it's very uh nuclear you know they're the, the the archetypes are there and we're very familiar with them and you have nick cage in this film you have interesting visuals you should be spending more time with those two aspects and also just explore the alienness of of this yeah. creature more there could have been you know it, it, it's not a wasted opportunity because i do think that the second half of this movie does pick things up quite a bit and there's very, pretty good and uh, fun and interesting aspects toward the beginning of the movie as well with that mother character and the dynamic that she has with her husband mm-hmm. and she's a breast cancer survivor. There's, that's all very cutting, well done. Cutting her fingers off and shit? Cutting her fingers off, yes. And how how the <laughs> the color from outer space 
kind of uh, implements itself into their behavior and, and gradually makes them make less sense and less rational decisions as, as human beings. I like those aspects to it. I think it could have been developed a little bit more mm-hmm. as opposed to concentrating on these characters' personality traits. Yeah. So it's not it's not a failure as a movie. It, it, it's certainly not. I would say it's very middle of the road, though, as oh, so a result sh- of that. We should definitely mention the fact that they use a lot of practical effects and they look really good. Like, the they, they did that trick of, you know... Uh, shooting the monster with close-ups so you don't really have to show the big goofy monster um but i think it worked really well and the the um practical effects that they used like uh you know the the thing like monster that ended up becoming of the mom and, and kid yeah yeah yeah. well let's talk about that real quick because i wasn't expecting that yeah. although it does go hand in hand uh with the movie but the fact that they would draw upon john carpenter's the thing with this movie where you have the alpacas, I believe they were yeah, being infected with the alien. And then obviously the mother, as you would mention, she has turned into this odd aqua teen hunger force style alien. That's just like a block, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's so peculiar that I like those designs quite a bit. And I like how they're executed in the movie. Again, I just wish it was more of that in sooner. And also it's, it's that bit of, uh, you know, once they they get hit by that ray or whatever it was that makes them do that fuse together back to back, you get to the point of the story where it's like, okay, so what is the character going to do? He can't save it. He's trying to call the hospital, but there's nothing that the hospital can do about it. Uh, so you get to a point where, okay, so the characters are fucked. So it's a very interesting way of, of seeing, you know, how the character is going to react to something like this where... You know, all you want to do is save your wife and kid, but you know they're fucked and you know they're, you know, going to die soon. Uh, so I thought that was a really nice touch, especially because uh, that's kind of what made Nicolas Cage go a little bit crazier, you know, before the alien thing took over, uh, where he was trying to play it off as normal, as like nothing, you know, huge is happening while this blob of skin uh, is on the couch. Um, so I, I feel like I, that added a lot to to the little bit of, of, of character that they uh, developed in this. I think the real problem comes in, I'll tell you what, the beginning is fine. Everything, once we get to the finale, is fine. It's the pause that happens in between, where you have the mayor and the scientists coming out to check mm-hmm. out the meteor that had crashed down. You have this sequence where Nicolas Cage is on television and he actually gives like a pretty decent line where he's talking about bourbon or something. And they're trying yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to be like a crazy alcoholic. Yeah. That, that's that's good. Um, but this whole part could have been cut out. It could have been excised. We could have had the meteor crash. And then you have everything else that follows. And you wouldn't miss a beat. As a matter of fact, I think you would have a much stronger film. It, it would be tighter because they don't really add anything to it. You have the... No. The, I think she's a detective, right? She's a detective or cop. Uh, the The black lady... Uh, and then she shows up at the beginning with the mayor or whoever that person was, and then we don't really see them again. Like, they don't really become a factor throughout the movie at all. Um, or do we? There's no forensics them? team. There's no, there's no like, heavy-duty uh, scientific researchers that come out to nope. the farm. And especially the, then the, the meteor disappears, and then it's just like, all right, well, it just disappeared. Whatever. You know, it just it doesn't it doesn't become a thing where where you would expect that if something like that would happen, you know, the police will be all over it and and it will be more of a we don't want anyone to know about this. So that was kind of unnecessary. And and maybe they could have focused that more on either the characters of or this family or maybe more things happening to them or maybe focus it on the character that ends up surviving Uh, because he does interact with the with the detective because they. (laughs) <laughs> they, for whatever reason, ask him if he knows what's going on. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is a meteor. And, you know, this this usually um, doesn't get all the way to the to Earth because it whatever on the surface, whatever the fuck. Uh, but it felt kind of odd that they were will ask him where he introduced himself as someone that's, you know, a, an expert in water. Um, so that that didn't really ring true to me a little bit. That was kind of odd. But at the same time, it's like that's not necessary. If you're going to show that the authorities care about this thing, 
then you can't just do it at the beginning and then they just disappear and then don't show up at all throughout the movie until the end where the sheriff shows up. Uh, so it's definitely an element that's not necessary uh, and that it felt a little bit forced. It felt like, like, yeah, we have to do this because, of course, it makes sense that the police will care about something like this, but then it doesn't play into the story at all. Right. It's it's sloppy and it's inconsistent and it feels like early draft screenwriting. Yeah. Where you just you're mushing things together and expecting a bridge to come of that, but it doesn't really work. It doesn't really add anything in, and it does feel like something that was in the early stages of the story and then they just maybe forgot to take it out or maybe thought it was necessary for the realism of it, but Instead, I feel like it ended up working against the, the movie. I completely agree. So, I, again, uh, th- this isn't all to say, you know, we're getting hung up on the, the negative aspects of the the pacing and the storytelling, but it, it is a, an enjoyable movie. And it, for a sci-fi film, especially, to come out as something that is, I guess, borderline horror, or full-on horror, depending on how you would categorize that, it's it's a pretty good effort. It's a good attempt. You know, but at the same time, you're taking a look at the culture surrounding this movie, the reaction to this movie, the the critical response, and people are hailing this as a huge triumph, a big masterpiece that Stanley, uh, yeah, that Richard Stanley has has come back and, you know, he hasn't missed a beat. Maybe that's true, because I would actually say he doesn't show the signs of an aged filmmaker who has lost their rhythm at all. Certainly not like a John Carpenter where you're checking out 2011's The Ward and you're like is this even the same guy or you're watching Domino by Brian De Palma and you're like yeah. I guess he was in debt you know and he <laughs> took this job that was in Ukraine to do this movie those those movies are very unfortunate this movie it, it feels like a real movie it feels like his vision and he just didn't land it well enough uh, but it, it currently has an 88% on Rotten oh. Tomatoes oh wow okay which is nice. much higher than Academy Award-nominated films such as Joker, which I think is at like a, a 12. Or so. It's like 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? No, it's at like 69%. Ugh. I'm just glad that that um, old Robert Rodriguez-looking man is back, I guess. <laughs> Have you seen what he oh, looks Tommy like Tommy Chonked. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's actually very good in this movie, and I'm glad they utilized him in a real way yeah, yeah, and yeah. not like a jokey way where you get somebody like, that's what it was. He's yeah. one of those guys you can easily hire. Who's like Eric Roberts. No offense to Eric Roberts, who is a great actor. Shut up. He's somebody, he's somebody you can get for cheap and they give, you know, n- they give no direction to it. It's just like, yeah, just read the lines, whatever. And it's like a joke performance. And now Tommy Chong is essentially playing Tommy Chong, but he, he's used well here and he's acting yeah. and he's creepy when, He's infected and his body's melting as a result of this this alien. Also, there's a little bit more to the character than just the usual, you know, that 70s show character, which is what he's been playing for, you know, everything since that 70s show, I guess. They, or they gave or him since a, Cheech and Chong, or maybe, well, I guess, yeah. In yeah. the late 70s. He's I guess always I just, been a stoner character. <laughs> I guess I just mean old, this old stoner, you know, this old guy that, that doesn't know what what's going on or whatever. But in this one, they gave him a little bit more of like creepy, a little bit more to say and a little bit more to do. And he's, he's really good at it. And it's, uh, it's kind of surprising because again, uh, that same reason that um, they usually get uh, cast just to be that guy that, you know, once he comes on screen, you're like, Oh, look, it's him, you know, Hey, that, that guy, but not, nothing really, much to do uh, here's what in- happens they, these guys become down on their luck they have to do reality shows and they pump up their personality as themselves and people often forget that they had a start in show business in acting in performing mm-hmm. and that that's still a muscle that's still a reflex that can be used when handled appropriately and i think that's that's done well here yeah. You know, I'm still waiting for Gary Busey to be given some quality material. People forget that he's an Academy Award nominee. Now, his brain is mush currently. And if you look at any photos of him at conventions where he's got just dried shit all over his face, not great. Probably not very hopeful. But, um, you know, it's anything's possible, really. 
He's just waiting for you to write it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's going to be a, a, a low-res Wonder Bread production. Also, this movie is just 1% lower than the Best Picture winner at the Golden Globes 1917, which is at 89% right now. How was this not nominated? Or is this going to be nominated <laughs> by the end of this year? Well, this is 2020. I mean, if you go on Letterboxd, it'll tell you 2019 because it had a premiere in 2019. But this is a 2020 film. First film of 2020. Uh, it was released in theaters as of, um, well, actually, it doesn't come out in theaters for another three days. How did we uh, watch it? Um, I, I have a screening from, oh. from my friend that worked on it. That, that's oh, a yeah, lie. Yeah. I'm going to get him in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to get him in <laughs> He's trouble. He's giving out bootleg <laughs> copies of the movie. He hasn't even told me that he worked on it. <laughs> Just getting him in fucking trouble. No, uh, you know, that you, theater. You gave we- his full name, yeah. <laughs> it's that theater where we, we usually watch the movies that you know we we have each, the hollywood hookup and the share. hollywood hookup is hans's cameraman buddy who likes to record videos from the set with his iphone and then yeah. composite his own he composites his own version of the movie in it's, iMovie it's like um be kind rewind do you remember that jack black movie where they would just yeah. remake yep it. No, it's like, you know how all those set photos and videos of Joker came out when he's dancing down the steps? It's like if somebody just did nothing but those and then put the movie out. That's what we got. That's what we're based. Yeah, so anything that's negative, I mean, maybe we missed something. Yeah. H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft. What was his cat's name? Pussy? I don't know. Faggot? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was worse than that. Was it? Was I? F- oh, don't yeah. make me say it. it. Don't okay. make me say it. Why are you going to make me say it? <laughs> say the word. <coughs> Fuck. Anyhow. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, speaking of racism, you know, racism is very, very popular right now. Did you know that Varg Vikernis Burzum is in this movie? What? Say that again. Repeat that. Are you not? You're not. You're not. You're not familiar with Burzum, the music of Burzum? No. It makes me wonder if this was intentional because of uh, uh, Varg Vikernis's history and H.P. Lovecraft's history. Varg Vikernis, who murdered Euronymous and from prison, did like seven or eight albums under the title Burzum. He is featured in his music is featured in this movie. The girl is listening to Burzum at one point early in the beginning. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, you know, ask Jerry. Jerry's big on. Those matters. Black metal scene, Norwegian. Okay. Classic. Early night. Oh, is that the Go watch Lords of the, Chaos? Is that the Emperor guy that killed himself or killed people and killed stuff? The Emperor. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's I every the Rise of Skywalker now. He's back. <laughs> the Emperor. Oh jeez. Hans is dying. Oh my god. Ew. Ew. I can see his crotch on the cam. He just laid back. Unbelievable. He's having a coughing yeah. fit, spasming. Are you all right? I'm just giving you a show. Um, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Do you watch the last uh, Skywalker, whatever it's called, the return? What is it? The, the return of the last no, Skywalker? No, <laughs> have, have, uh, I, I started watching the first 40 minutes of it while I was on a train. And I was like, I'm, I'm tired of this. And I just decided to do some work instead. So I can't really comment on The Rise of Skywalker. I haven't seen it, but I've seen enough reviews of it where I think I know everything that happens already, and I nothing about it makes me want to see it in the theater. So even though it's still playing here, it's just I I'll I'll wait until my theater can you know get a decent enough coffee to, to watch it. Sure. I mean, what's what's the point? What are you really going to gain from a theatrical experience from that kind of movie anyway? Right. You're not going to be surprised. I guarantee you can probably predict everything that's going to (laughs) happen. I will say, though, I was watching it, and it wasn't as bad as people were making it out to be. But you stopped. I did stop. But, I mean, that's just because (laughs) I have Star Wars franchise fatigue in general. So uh, I had other things to do. Maybe I'll pick it up when it comes out on Blu-ray. Doubtful, but I haven't missed one today. you buy it? Nah. I said when it comes out on Blu-ray, that's when the uh-huh. that's when your source will probably get the hookup, you know. So, right, true, okay. I thought you were gonna go all uh, Criterion collection. Yeah. I can't wait for that. <laughs> the J.J. Abrams Ryan Johnson trilogy gets the Criterion treatment. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, Color Out of Space. Color Out of Space is a decent movie. <laughs> I think it's it's a it's a fun watch. Uh, you'll be entertained. Uh, there's a lot of little cool things that the director did with it. So I I uh, I was entertained watching, even though I did fall asleep twice. Um, but watch it, and I, I'm actually really interested in, in in seeing what they're going to do with this. Um, I'm not. I have a, a an HP Lovecraft book, but but a HP Lovecraft book, but the same thing happened with me that it happened with you. You just start reading and you're just like, oh no. Uh, like I bought it just for that reason because of, you know, the stories that are known as, as gray horror stories or sci-fi or whatever. And as soon as I started reading it, I was like, ah, I don't know if I can get past this verbiage or just the way that he describes everything. I, yeah. So that book is currently sitting over there and I, I, I'm, I'm, it's very dorky. It's very <laughs> dorky language in the books. I don't. It reminds me of everything I don't like about Portland, which is not his fault. But everyone is inspired by H.P. Lovecraft, except you know the like they join Antifa, so that that's not entirely a one to one comparison. But there's so much about that scene in the current sci-fi indie writer scene that is nauseating to me because it's all just a copy of a copy of a copy of like trying to do the Lovecraft thing today. Right. And it's tiresome. And it, and it's, and it's made me, you know, it's, it's put me off to his material and the writing doesn't help either. Like you said, but I, you know, I, I, I can't really judge the story that I read right. uh, and, and apply that broadly to his work. Cause I haven't investigated it well enough. Right. I guess I'm just uh, looking for looking forward because of this movie and because the fact that the same directors and producers are involved so it would be cool to have continuity on something like this and not like what Universal did, which was just let's get these A-listers and, and hopefully something will come out of that just out of their name. Uh, something no, I'll like- tell you what. I, I'm in the same position as you where even though I'm kind of lukewarm on this movie, it has, it has upped my interest in checking out classic horror literature mm-hmm. and the upcoming adaptations that these more independent-minded companies that operate uh, uh, away from the big distributors, uh, you know, what they're planning to do with these properties. So I, I'm, not, I'm not turned off to anything H.P. Lovecraft or Richard Stanley or, or even the Universal properties, which are also mostly public domain. If you want to do Dracula or Frankenstein, anybody can do that. Jerry was talking about how BBC's Dracula... <laughs> was one of the most sickening things he's ever watched. How the first episode was good, I think he he called it. That might be a generous interpretation yeah. of his review. And I had heard from my trusted, the one trusted film critic around, James Hancock. Uh, I heard from him that on his YouTube, I'm I'm not really friends with the guy. I haven't <laughs> talked to him before. I heard from his YouTube uh, that the first episode is very good and the other episodes are terrible. And there's a a female Val Val Val, Val Halen Van Hel- Van Helsing. <laughs> yeah, she's hot, hot for teacher. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and all sorts of other stuff where you know he's he's a I think he's a bisexual Dracula. You know, I don't want to wow. tell tales out of school, but that's that's the word on the street now. Um, I think we we talked about this in another show that you had before because I remember talking about. Uh, these franchises when the mummy came out and and what Dracula their... time that was a podcast I held from what 2012 the... <laughs> to 2014 Dracula time each week at 6 p.m. we would talk about Dracula the 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 thing that that puts me off these movies now is that um those monsters are very much uh, a product of their time like a modernizing a Frankenstein monster story. Uh, I I I don't know how you could do it in a modern day, uh, well, like a zombie or like a you know, and and also you know, creature of the black lagoon. Like you couldn't really bride of Frankenstein. Like I I I feel like those should be left to what they already are because again, a, a story like the at least the, the, let's say the beginning of 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 uh, of uh, I don't I don't fucking know Fra- Frankenstein. Where when uh, when you have uh, the assistant and the doctor or whatever and all that shit is happening, we don't really have castles anymore. We don't even have scientists like that anymore. So modernizing it or bringing it to 
to modern day and then just seeing a goofy Frankenstein monster, I, I just don't see how that could work. Uh, that, that mummy movie with Tom Cruise was a piece of shit. And they, tr they tried to make it too, um, mystical and, 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 uh, somehow bring it into modern day. And, and I just feel like those stories don't really work anymore. Because that a, a, a lot of the the um, elements that work for it have to do with what was happening at the time, you know, the lack of technology, the lack of education, and the lack of, you know, all of those things that would make those monsters scary. Now, a, a, I don't know, a werewolf movie, like it would have to be something very like R-rated or violent for you me to be interested in it, especially if you're going to sanitize it in, in a way that Universal would do, because, you know, they're not going to do one fucking R-rated Wolfman movie. Um, oh, so that oh, that's what you think. Did you see Wolfman starring Benicio Del Toro and Anthony Hopkins? Oh, God, was that R-rated? That was R-rated, and that was also a flop. I think that was in 2008 or nine. They used the, uh, uh, I think Rick Baker might have been the special effects guy, and they went with the classic 1940s-style Wolfman look merged into a more modern Wolfman, and that looked pretty good. Was that Benicio? Again, it, it, Benicio that was Toro, Benicio right? del Toro, yes. But I don't think that movie made its money back, and that took place in the 40s or the 30s, which I think I don't think that these stories are so old that they can't be done today. But I think you're absolutely correct in that when you have it take place today, and you set it in the modern Western world, which is so up-to-date with technology, these types of creatures can be easily dispatched of yeah. with, with literally just a press of the button. You know, if you're at Dracula's castle and Dracula suddenly lives in England, well, what's stopping you from getting an Uber and just going home? Yeah. You know? But on the flip side, maybe you could do Dracula today and have him be what he is, which is a creepy Eastern European guy. Because there are castles out there. I assume the Wi-Fi is probably not very good in, like, <laughs> Serbia. You know, those people are just naturally frightening. All Eastern European people creep me out. I don't like them. They, not, I just get the, the, there's the vibe of like going home and making cabbage for dinner and nothing behind the eyes. Just, just sex with your your immediate family. Yeah, um, I don't like that jelly soup. Do you know they do jelly soup? Nah. I uh, I yeah. I, I don't think about stuff like that. I was seeing a, <laughs> I was seeing a girl from Lithuania for. A, for a couple of weeks and she took me home for dinner and uh she took Whoa. out took out this jelly uh from the fridge and asked me to try it and it was chicken soup but instead of water is jelly so she gave me a slice of chicken soup and oh uh no no <laughs> it's not good it's like of course you're all fucking weird and dead inside this is the shit you eat like this is your treat yeah. fucking jelly soup uh, but yeah, I completely uh, agree wow. with what you're saying. The thing is, like, okay, so so now we're gonna sell a story of someone that's interested in going to a Transylvanian castle, and that's where this happens. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like for you to be able to bring those old stories to modern day, you actually have to sit down and think about it. And I don't think these big studios are willing to do that work, which would be, hey, let's make this make sense now instead of. Hey, this is the mummy. Remember the mummy? Here's the mummy, and that's it. Which is what they they've been doing. Uh, and what if it? What if it? What if it was this? What if it was ninety day fiance, but Dracula? <laughs> I don't think that would last the ninety days, though, right? I don't know. I remember there was a there was a there was a fat blonde woman from Florida who went over to Saudi Arabia to yeah. be with some twenty two year old guy. That's all. I, was, I mean, it nope. could happen. No, nope, it's not that. Let me tell you what exactly what happened. There's a six-year-old woman. <laughs> a six-year-old woman who started flirting with this model, this model from India. Um, she uh, went to the bank and talked to the teller and was like, okay, so with my savings, how long could I live in, in India? And she was like, about a month. And she was like, perfect. So I'm going to just pick up my shit, got everything, sold everything, moved to India. And when she got there, she was being catfished by this little chubby man that was not the model. <laughs> and then the story is just her. Uh, oh, uh, uh, and also he got away from his family to be with her. But then his family was like, hey, where are you? So then he had to leave her alone. Oh, no, 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 no. See, this is, this is, this, I know what guy you're talking about. I, I saw that. That was on the same episode. I'm talking about there's a 50 year old overweight Florida woman who meets a guy who's oh, a yeah. good looking guy and oh, he's yeah. the real deal. 
and she's got a son and she's like sorry son he's my son now and then she just lived with that guy is, his, is that the, the one that took out a vibrator and was like eh and the guy was like what the fuck what the fuck are you doing what the fuck yeah yeah that she was one. about to get stoned pulled out into the streets and executed <laughs> yeah that show's great yeah. I love that. That show, that show is wonderful. Uh, but on the topic of Dracula, you know, <laughs> Dracula could be done. I think you could do a really classic. And and this, this is really where people get tripped up because they want to do the modern vampires and they try to make Dracula sexy or whatever. Yeah. I think you could easily do a great Nosferatu movie right now. And I know Robert Eggers is planning that for like five years from now. But how much money would it really take? to rent a castle and do like a classic black and white Nosferatu film. Probably be very cheap. Most of the money would go to prosthetics and just renting the place. Get the foe again to play him because he was great at it. Oh, yeah. What was that? That was uh, not Interview with a Vampire. That was Shadow of a Vampire? Yep. Yeah. Where he played Max Schreck, mm-hmm. the actor. And the idea behind the movie, I guess, was that he was actually a vampire. I, yeah, John yeah. Malkovich is in that movie as well, right? Yeah, he's great in it. They're shooting, they're shooting uh, Nosferatu without knowing that he's an actual real vampire. But he's so great at it. Like Willem Dafoe is so creepy and such a weirdo. I mean, he always is, but his performance is so good in this one that I, I would like to see it again. I mean, I, I guess he's old now, so I don't, I don't know. Uh, they would probably want yeah, to get someone even fresh, and, but they would try to try to probably try to get someone fresh and, and good looking, or maybe not good looking, but just new. But that, that, that's it. the source of the problem. When you focus on that romantic, suave element, and mm-hmm. not the he should be a decayed creature that's that's been dead for hundred years, two hundred years, thousand years. I, the most effective vampires in film history have always been. The Nosferatu style look, Salem's Lot, where in the book you have Barlow and he's just your your average Dracula, you know, who's like this this good looking, charming guy. In the 1977 Toby Hooper miniseries and theatrical film of Salem's Lot, they just steal the Nosferatu look entirely and improve it. They make it a very creepy uh, uh, beast, you know, and they they do something. Uh, a little similar with the Nosferatu remake that Werner Herzog directed, although that is more of a romantic film. I, throughout history, I think if you just look at the best vampires, the movies that hold up the best, it's always going to be going for creepy as opposed to appealing. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand sexy vampire uh, because that's not scary. I guess, I guess if you're a woman that would fall prey for his game, that would be scary. But. Uh, I don't know a, se- a sexy man. A sexy man doesn't really scare me. Dracula's game. What's <laughs> yeah. Dracula's game? Is this a, this is a movie about him luring women to come to his castle in Dracula so he can gain citizenship? This is really what you should be doing, Hans. You need this to sucks. meet a nice, overweight Florida woman and uh, sweep her off her feet. That's what you got to do. If it was e- as easy as it was ten years ago, I would have done that shit. But it's not even worth. It's not even worth all that pain because it's going to take so much work that it's just, it's, I'll just gay marry someone. What if, okay. How about this? How about for a gimmick? You know how Buzzfeed likes to write about, Ooh, check out this castle. You can, you can take a look at this and rent this on, uh, BNB.com. And it's a, we're going to talk about this in the article. Isn't it quirky? You should start dressing up as Dracula and bring people to like a hut in Costa Rica and call it Dracula's <laughs> Castle. <laughs> Get to know some journalists. Have them write about it. So you're like a cool like tourist attraction. Uh, you know, Anthony Bourdain, if he was alive, could come out. And- I love that you were expecting them to take me serious. Of just wearing leather and fucking hot ass Costa Rica, just sweating. Yes, coming to this, sm- <laughs> coming to my smelly hut. Yeah, everything you're smelling right now, it's all me. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking leather. You could just do, what? I don't know, like some kind of spandex. Oh yeah, that's better. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't know. I'll, I'll give it some thought. A good cloth cape. <laughs> I'll give it a thought. The beach Dracula uh, idea and and see how that works. Contact your Buzzfeed contacts and 
the ones that wrote about us once in a while ago. Oh no, no, that wasn't that wasn't BuzzFeed. That was that was other people. We don't we don't talk about that. We don't mention that. Oh yeah. I I I think it could be something. You know, you you're trying to offer some new flair for South America. That could be it. South American Dracula. It's like Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian. You're merging two different things and creating a brand new vision for the future. Didn't they didn't they do that on Hotel Transylvania where they go to the beach? Like, I don't watch that shit. Why would I know? Why that's that's uh isn't that an Adam Sandler yep. movie? Yeah, there's three of them. And in one of them they go to Hawaii or something. Yeah. What are you what, what how how are you watching these movies? What are you dating 8-year-olds? I just have a lot of really useless knowledge that gets me nowhere and just bores people. So I just know that. I've I've never seen any of them, but I know that he plays a vampire that goes to the beach and wears like a Hawaiian shirt. So maybe I should base What if you just maybe maybe you could just what if you change your last name to Dracula? Hans Dracula? <laughs> that is so bad. <laughs> that sounds like a new metal lead singer from the 90s. <laughs> hey, I'm Hans Dracula and this is my band. Um, uh, Eternal Pain or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. terrible. That, that sounds like um, uh, Mike Diesel. You know, those 90s fucking steel. <laughs> Ugh. I suppose. I mean, I, I don't. I you, you, look at look at where you're at currently. You know, you're you're wheezing, you're coughing. You have to mute the microphone every three seconds, yeah. so you don't pass away live on cam. I don't. I don't think you could really, uh, you know, uh, downgrade by going with a name change. Hans, look what look at me. Look at me. I'm somebody now because I use a fake name. How about that? What's your fake name? <clears throat> <laughs> People can. I'm, I'm sure many of the many of the people here are are aware of the fact that my name is not Lorez Wonderbread. Oh shit! I didn't know you publicly stated that till now. Is that your ID? Should Lores? I legally change my name to Lorez Wonderbread? No, that's horrible. <laughs> that is bad. That would be great for my my children to show up to school and for them to do the name roll call. What would that you, would be well, you, eternal torment. You couldn't name your kid, you know, any normal name. It would have to be something weird like that, too. It would have to be like a celebrity name, you know? Like what? Like, like... Uh, what goes with... What, what could easily go with Wonder Bread, where there's no detachment there? Oh, shit. I don't know. Uh, what, what would be like a, a, a celebrity... Like Willow or something. <laughs> something like that. Willow. <laughs> <laughs> Willow Wonderbread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't have a kid called Joe if your name is Lorez Wonderbread. Joe Wonderbread. That actually doesn't sound so bad. No, that's, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Maybe that's what your new name should be, Joe Wonderbread. Joe Wonderbread. <laughs> that brings to mind the Tim Allen film, Joe Somebody, you know, where they forget his last name and he just loses it. Tim Allen. And I'm the weirdo for knowing that. Can't yes. Go hotel yes. Transylvania, go to the beach. You're, you're watching kid films all day and falling asleep during the real movie. You know. <coughs> What's Tim Allen up to since his since his podcaster show was canceled? Right. No, it's on Fox. They picked it up on a different network. Still, that shit's yes, still on. Yeah, and they did the Family Matters slash Fresh Prince thing where they couldn't get a lot of the cast back, but they got him and his wife, so all the daughters are now new daughters. Yeah, I don't... Uh, okay, good for him. Good for that coke fiend. Well, here, here's here's something that was going on with Tim Allen. Tim Allen was supposed to do something pretty big, if I recall. Oh, here's what I heard. They were going to do a Galaxy Quest series, but he had he was sick. During that time, whatever that means, I took that as cancer, oh. which is maybe why he was out of action for a while. But he was very sick for a period of time and couldn't do a Galaxy Quest show beyond a pilot. I'd be interested in that. Then again, I don't know if that shit still holds up. I feel like that might be another one of those. You know, it came out at the right time um, when it came out. And is that something that you really need more of? Because when you do go back to these little properties that were good in the moment mm. and overlooked and you expand upon it, you sometimes wind up getting rid of what was interesting about it. 
Alan Rickman is dead too. And he was like Alan Rickman's dead. He was a huge part of it. I doubt you could get Sam Rockwell back. They did a similar thing where they were going to do Beverly Hills Cop as a CBS sitcom. And Eddie Murphy agreed to the pilot. And everybody liked the pilot. Nobody liked the main guy in the pilot, though. They just wanted Eddie Murphy. And Eddie Murphy refused to do any more. So they shit-canned the whole project. How about just coming up with new shit? (laughs) I guess it's... the You know, uh, there's so much shit now. Like, so much content and so many streaming things that are creating their own productions now that it's really difficult to find one thing and then you know like it throughout and just sit and watch the whole thing like it feels like there's so many things that it's just too much content so you don't really have the time to sit down and watch and enjoy something like i i i was thinking of um I saw someone that posted that Breaking Bad apparently was released today, uh, like 15 years ago or whatever. And, you know, uh, when that came out and that was like a huge thing and like it, it I don't, I don't want to say it changed TV, but it was like a huge deal. I don't feel like that. No, it did, though. I, it, it was definitely one of the at least two shows that changed how television works, I think. That and Mad Men. Getting the Sopranos, respect for TV, yeah. Yeah, The Sopranos were a good run up to that. It, it 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 created uh, the 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 idea of there being a golden age of television in the 21st century which i think we're it's safe to say we've put that to bed yeah because that's the thing i I've, I've uh i've up- updated my uh computer and i have apple tv there and i clicked on it and i didn't even know that fucking apple was doing their own promotion uh pr- production so the, even they have their own shows and it's just there's so much shit that I guess you end up overlooking a lot of good things, but I feel like it's just so overwhelming that now it's difficult to just grab one thing and and, and be like, okay, I'm really interested in this, so I'm just going to sit and watch three hours of it. Uh, And and mostly because of that, because there's so much, when before you would have a couple of options and and, uh, you could pick the the one that fits your, your wants or needs better. Now there's so much shit that you don't even know where to look and you don't even know if it's worth looking because there's so much, th- so many things that am I just wasting my time watching this shitty thing for I could be watching something better that at the end of the day, at least to me, I end up just scrolling for like half an hour and then setting on something uh, like that 70s show or something like that that I've seen a million times, you know? And I, these Apple shows that have come out with Jennifer Ann, I mean, they have very good casts, but I have not heard a single good thing from somebody who has watched it. It's, it, you know, that show is getting a lot of nominations because I guess it's like Me Too, the drama series, but you have comedic actors in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's getting a lot of praise on that front. But anybody who has sat down and watched an episode of it has said that show is awful. So I don't know. It, it, it seems to me like there is a need to just make things to make things, but there's no heart or soul put into it. It's just expendable mm-hmm. money that they have to uh, garner the celebrities they need that the algorithm... I mean, we, we saw this with Warner Brothers recently, right? Where they have an algorithm now that will tell them what story ideas or what stars to use that will be the most marketable uh, for their, their upcoming film slate. They might try this out. They, they, they I, My guess is they probably won't stick with it. But who, who, who knows? That's what it currently feels like with Apple, with netflix to a degree although they are much more willing Mm -hmm. to just throw money at anybody who is an interesting creative artist i know we were talking about in the group chat how eddie murphy is going to get a big lucrative deal to do one stand-up special so there's that aspect to it as well but for the most part as we get more content for lack of a better word that's just going to be i think that for now anyway the divide that comes with Shows and movies that have a lot of money behind them, and then those with less so. I think it's going to make up for it in, in having a soul. How long do you think it's going to last until this eventually breaks down? So, Disney and Apple are going to be fine. They're not going to, lo- I mean, Disney especially will be fine forever at this point. They are just going to be a staple of life, unfortunately. Netflix. Yeah. has maybe six or seven years left in it before the bottom drops out on that, unless they can get another 
another investor that they can take money from because they were they were going to die just, they were literally going to they were they were on their deathbed they would have been done within the next 3 4 years if they didn't get that i think it was 12 billion dollar check from from somebody where they're just like it's like the wolf of wall street where you're just taking people's money and you're spending it you're making a life for yourself they're not going to get a single penny back but they think they will they're going to get a little bit they're not going to get the full sum back and then some like they're expecting and then all of a sudden, people are going to stop loaning money to Netflix. And that's going to be the end of that. Right. I guess what I mean is just the, the whole streaming thing. Because I, I honestly feel like, um, and I think I've said this before, that um, because there's so many options and there's so many quote-unquote channels, if you want to call them that, that eventually, or maybe sooner than you think, you're going to start getting bundles like cable companies where you get, you know, you get Netflix and you get Hulu and you get this other thing for, you know, half the price or whatever. And it's going to end up becoming what was happening 10, 15 Maybe. years ago with cable companies. But I, I just, because there's so much and every day there's a new one coming up uh, that I feel like it's, it's going to get to a point where no one's going to watch anything. So here, here's what it would know? take for that to happen. You would need both Apple and Disney or Netflix or somebody who has that kind of money to start buying smaller companies, right? So let's let's talk about Gas Digital real quick, Luis J. Gomez's company. You would need Netflix or Disney or Apple to buy them. You would need everybody on that scale to be bought so they can offer package deals or maybe they cut in with something else. But the thing about that is we are coming from a time period where that has already happened many times over, and especially when it comes to entertainment, where these smaller entertainment companies are getting bought out by bigger ones and they essentially lose their character and then get buried. You know, that's what happened with right. New Line Cinema originally, where we're talking about the island of Dr. Moreau. They were a great innovator for niche horror films and just weird movies in general. Comedies, types of movies you probably wouldn't see put out by Warner Brothers pro uh, proper. They put out right. House Party. They, put out, they started Nightmare on Elm Street. You had Dumb and Dumber. These types of movies came out. The Mask. You wouldn't have gotten that from Warner Brothers. And what happens is when you when you make that deal, you just put a deadline on, on your company's existence. So I think a lot of people have, ironically enough, I think there are enough people out there who are running their own businesses who have enough integrity to not make that kind of deal with those companies. Right. I think they might make... A, a, a smaller deal of convenience where maybe they're getting distributed through this or that if that kind of deal arises. But I don't see that happening the same way again. Some people will take it. Absolutely. If somebody came, yeah. for example, if, if in this very unrealistic situation where Disney's like, yeah, we want to buy your YouTube channel for $300 million, I'd say take, take everything. <laughs> you can personally license Hans as well. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. You want to work at Disneyland as Goofy for the rest of your life? Mm. No, not really. You're tall enough. Not really, I, no. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, uh, it's just too much, I guess. That's my issue. Like, I, I just feel like, uh, and this happened to me in 2019 where I didn't really watch many films and it was before there was just so much that I, I just couldn't focus on just one or focused on anything that I, I liked enough or was interested enough to watch it. So I ended up watching like, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 movies is that throughout the whole year. Um, and, and, and it just feels like oversaturation. And uh, I, I feel more comfortable sitting down and watching half an hour of something than committing to a movie. Um, and, and I don't know if that has to do with the fact that, you know, there's just so much shit that uh, it, sometimes it feels like a chore putting up with something that, you know, you're not even going to like, or if you're half an hour in and you're just like, oh, fuck this, you know, and I would move on to the next one. That's happened to me on ne with Netflix lately where I'm just like, okay, this looks interesting. And then I'm half an hour in and I'm just like, uh, I'm yeah. done. Uh, but that, that could also just be me. I don't know. I don't know if it's just like a fatigue of like too much, like too many options sometimes are not, it's not a great. Thing. I can't really get into TV shows now for that exact reason. They're too much of a commitment. And oftentimes the payoff isn't going to be worth it because they have other seasons in mind. Unless I, unless it's somebody I trust, like David Gordon Green and Jody Hill with the Righteous Gemstones, 
right. I know I'm going to probably like whatever they put out and they're going to, you know, wrap it up nice and neatly when all is said and done. They're not going to just carry it on for the sake of profit. Because what, what, what is really the profit with that type of show? Probably very little. Right, right. So yeah, I, that's actually something I, I've been thinking about with this year. And also just like the slate of work that's on my plate. And I, I know it's going to be on yours and Jake and J- like everybody who's in the gang. It's like, is there going to be enough time to actually watch a lot of new stuff between all this? Because yeah. I, I would much rather be uh, making rather than consuming when it comes to this year. Right. In 2019, I, I consumed a lot of content. It was a very good movie year. I will say that. So it wasn't all in vain. But taking a look at 2020 in the year ahead, it doesn't look like a promising year as far as the major releases go. Where are the blockbusters this year? Is there superhero stuff? Is there horror stuff? Like- I'm pretty sure we got some Marvel movies coming out. We've got Venom 2. We've got... Oh. Christopher Nolan has a new movie coming out. That might be good. Oh, right. Add, add, no, what is it called? Add something? No, uh, that's not... You're thinking of Ad Astra. He's got a movie called Tenet coming out with oh, right, 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 Denzel right. Washington's son. I was looking at a chart. Oh, we got Birds of Prey next month. I feel like we got to see that movie and talk about it. So that might be on the docket. Yeah. And, you know, actually, something I'm very excited about is, and you haven't seen this movie yet, but we talked about it. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has a series that will be, I think, shot this year or next year. Five episodes by Quentin Tarantino with DiCaprio. Oh, cool. That's cool. He's doing like a Western series. Like there's a Bonanza type series that takes place in the show. And he wrote five episodes for that, and he's going to direct it. I'm pretty sure Netflix is probably going to put it out. That sounds interesting, but yeah, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel like a big. I guess there's no Star Wars, right? There's no. What's another? There's no Transformers or anything big like that. There's no like Ninja Turtles. You know, there's usually a couple of those that come out uh, in the summer. Uh, there's no Baywatch. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, there's no. What's the next rock movie? Uh, Jumanji 2, did that come out already? Jumanji 3, I think you mean. Yeah, I I think that did come out already this year. Oh, there's going to be Candyman. There's going to be Wonder Woman, The Eternals, The Conjuring 3, Bill and Ted, Black Widow, and the Uncharted movie is out this year. Yeah, it's very underwhelming. Also, the the Ghostbusters sequel, the proper Ghostbusters Uh, sequel. Remember that? We were talking about that. Yeah. (laughs) What's it called? Afterlife? Yeah. It looks very sentimental. If there's something... damn it. (laughs) If there's one thing that I'm absolutely exhausted of, it's any kind of uh, sentimental nature. Just nostalgia-driven shit. Also, another movie... children. Another movie that you had mentioned before, Top Gun... (laughs) The Val Kilmer vehicle, where he plays Iceman. Maybe he'll be back for Top Gun Maverick, released June 26th of this year. They they have to have him back, even though he's got cancer and shit now, right? He's all fucked up. Well, that made him skinny and good-looking again. Oh, is he? Is he not because of like the cancer? Dead? Yes, he has <laughs> bone marrow cancer, lung cancer. He's got a big brain to him, big grapefruit growing in the center of his head. So he's. Skinny with a giant head. So he's back in action is what I'm trying to say, you know? Dune. It's going to be weird. Dune. If, Dune if comes they... out this year, too. Oh, right. That's, that this year? Yes, that's the one movie that I'm looking forward to is Dune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be weird to see Tom Cruise, who still kind of looks the same, and then Val Kilmer, who definitely does not look the same as when Top Gun came out, and just them going back to uh, face-to-face again in that gay... Like, I can't imagine Val Kilmer taking his shirt off to play volleyball again, so I wonder what they would do with that. (laughs) I don't think he would be able to even, like, hit the ball. You know, his wrist might break or something. You know, it it could be... It would be quite the controversy. I guarantee you, though, (laughs) I think... And maybe this is how they'll use Val Kilmer. I think they're going to bring in him and Anthony Anderson, who is bald now, and they're going to do the de-aging effect. Uh, on his tits. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if Val Kilmer was skinny and just had a big pair of tits. Dude, it would be great if they did the Scarlett Johansson thing they did on Avengers where they just grab her face and put her on a body 
and then you just have Valkyrie's face on this guy that's in great shape, and then when you see him doing press, and it's this fat lump, well, I guess he's not fat anymore, but he looks sickly and just, like, fucked up, and then you see the movie, and it's this perfect-looking Valkyrie. That's what they should do. Who's directing that? I'm not yeah. sure, to be honest with you, because the original director, uh, Tony Scott, jumped off a bridge and killed himself, so... He's out of action, mm. out of commission. Also, why why are people excited about Bill and Ted? Can you explain that to me? Because of John Wick, Keanu Reeves. And I'll tell you what, that, um, the other guy hasn't made a slouch of himself in the years since then, like a lot of people assume, just because he's not acting. He, he, he's he been a pretty, if I recall, I think he's a fairly prolific documentarian. So, Okay. I just don't see those characters existing anywhere but when that movie came out uh especially the way they talk like that's not gonna i don't know if that's gonna work very well in the 2020s um but i just mostly who cares right i guess that my reaction was just oh fuck like why why is this needed we get it john wick is cool but that's not the character of um the Keanu was playing in that movie. He was like goofy and like r- radical and in nineties, right? Yeah. Like I, I just don't don't understand the excitement. It's like this same people that got excited for fucking Joe Dirt too. You know, it's just no, like I was, just don't who, who got excited about that? I don't know. I don't I'm know sure either. There was someone. <laughs> I'm sure there was a couple of people. I don't know. The South. <laughs> the South wanted the, to the be South here. rose again. <laughs> wanted to be identified again, but again, it just feels like that. It just feels like. Hey, uh, Keanu's popular again, so what can we um, revive? Is the, Ma- the Matrix is next, I bet. I they, Yeah, that, that's already on the docket. They already talked about that. They got most of the original cast members back, and that that's officially a go. <sighs> Fuck. That's Fuck the future. That, that, that's all there is to it, but it's all right. It's okay, because other stuff will come out that'll probably be better than that, that'll be smaller than that. And hopefully that's where the tide turns. Or, alternatively, it's going to become more difficult to get those smaller projects out. And these these titans in media are just going to be our overlords forever. Yeah. Which could be equally the case. Anyhow, I think we've talked enough about Hollywood and about Color Out of Space, Richard Stanley's latest film. Uh, So we both agree that to a degree it is a success, although it could have been done better and i think mm-hmm. in terms of inspiring feelings to check out more of the hp lovecraft canon or similar films it is uh successful in that regard as well i agree all right go watch it go watch it all right and is it getting is it getting a wide release no it's get, it's getting a pretty slim theatrical release but it's going to be online and i'm pretty sure the blu-ray is coming out within a relatively short amount of time from that theatrical release so People will have the opportunity to check it out. I bet you it's going to look great in 4K. It is getting a 4K Blu-ray release. Uh, Again, this is a visually interesting film. And, you know, just bringing it to a higher definition is only going to improve that. Mm -hmm. All right. Any closing words about this or uh, uh, future episodes to come? Um, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) 